You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tom. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week, I speak to experts in different fields, and in this episode, I'll be talking to music producer Dylan Pines, also known as the head of content creation for YouTube channel Musician on a Mission, about confidence imposter syndrome, and turning weaknesses into strengths. Hello, Dylan Pines. Hello, Hannah Trigwell. So you are a music producer. That I am. you are the head of content for Musician on a Mission, which is a great resource, actually, for for anybody who makes music. So if you're like a DIY musician, that's sort of your go-to spot to actually learn how to be a DIY, DIY musician. So real quick, I want to give you a quick shout-out. Uh, before we truly get into this, uh, so I actually was obsessed with one of your covers like six years ago, um, the, your Sam Smith cover of uh, uh, "Stay yeah. With Me." So good! Oh, uh, if anyone's if <laughs> anyone's watching this and they haven't gone and watched that, go watch it. Oh, it's beautiful! Like the guitar intro with all the tapping, it's beautiful. And now I'm talking <laughs> to you. Meet your heroes. Or don't meet them. But in this case, well, you're nice. I, so <laughs> hopefully I won't disappoint you because they do say they do say don't meet your heroes, don't they? I don't know. I have a no asshole policy. So if Right. If you were if you were an asshole, I pretty quickly would have been like, ah, I don't think we need to be doing this episode. So no. <laughs> so far so good. <laughs> I think always meet your heroes as long as you understand that they are a person. Human. And they might be an asshole, or they yep. might be a nice person, but yep. you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> never know. I, I really think that uh, so people when it, when it comes to their heroes, they kind of almost become ideas to people, like I, yeah. ideals, like like these people represent what they want to be, or what they look up to, or whatever. You know, they don't think of Dylan Pines, who if someone if I was someone's hero, God, that would be wild um so they don't think of dylan pines the dude who plays dungeons and dragons in the evening and like literally stop playing nintendo switch to get on this call <laughs> they think of <laughs> dylan pines you know the dude who's you know done all these uh, uh mixing and producing youtube videos and like helped people learn all this diy stuff and uh, uh you know the people that i looked up to whenever i was first starting um, mm. Because I learned how to uh, how to mix, kind of you know by myself DIY through YouTube. Same thing. It's very weird to have the job yeah. that like I once consumed. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I, it was the same thing for me as well. I mean, like the f- the first experience that I had with YouTube was seeing actually Boyce Avenue do some covers and. Um, people like Julia Noons and mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's amazing I, I wish I could do something like that and and forced myself to do it and like in the middle of that I was I also had a, a feeling of wow this is weird <laughs> this feels like inception <laughs> yeah so you don't really see yourself go from point a to point z because every other like every day it's point a point one a point two yeah. a point three then point b and it's such a slow transition for you that you kind of forget like, oh, hey, this is my career. Like, I'm doing this, right? Yeah. 
And so many, like, that's something that a lot of DIY musicians also don't realize because back in the day, it was like there were milestones. You know, like, I went on my first tour. I, I got signed to the big label. I, like, I did my first record. And all those things still can happen. But for independent musicians, it is that slow A, B, C, D, or A.1, yeah. A.2, etc. So everyone else will be able to say like, oh my God, like you went from point A to point Z. That's amazing. I, I, I can guarantee you every listener is going to relate to this. Um, but imposter syndrome, super mm. real, right? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, again, because for, for us, you know, we experience A.1, A.2, A.3, and there are no just big shining moments that were just like, this is it. I made it. Um, yeah. For a long time, you you have that feeling like, why me? Why should I do this? What's so special about me? Why should I charge X amount of money to do this? I would be doing this for free anyway. Yeah. You know, like, why should I post this video on the internet? Like, who who am I to put my voice out in the sea of millions of voices? Why would anybody want to listen to me? And it's amazing that after doing this for 15 years and, you know, uh, working with helping so many artists uh, uh, make just better music, better sounding music, better songs, uh, uh, better creating better stories uh, and having all these YouTube videos that have done so well and helped so many people and all these courses and all this stuff. Still, like, I'm still just like, oh, yeah, I'm that kid. <laughs> sitting in his freshman dorm uh, in college <laughs> or uni for y'all <laughs> um, being, you know, surrounded by other musicians who are 18,000 times better than him and just being like, why do I deserve to be here? I feel like I'm at point A, but I'm a yeah, lot yeah. farther along than I actually think I am. And, and I feel like yeah. the only reason why I kind of know that is like, I have to force myself to remember it. I feel like I get imposter syndrome really intensely when I meet someone who is very, very confident and um, presents themselves as an expert in something when they've not really um, done much work in that area. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's because I've been doing what I do for so long, and I still would rarely refer to myself if ever as an expert because I'm always still learning and it's just the whole thing's just like a massive learning curve that Mm -hmm. when I meet someone who does say they're an expert and they're so confident with it I'm like you've not really been doing it very much and yet you Mm -hmm. you seem Mm -hmm. like an expert it really throws Mm -hmm. me off people are more confident about their ability in anything that they do that's new uh at the very beginning like two months yeah, after they've started. And then as you learn more and more, you start to realize how much you don't know and your confidence yeah. just drops. And then finally at the very end, it pops back up and you're like, okay, I'm good. I want to say it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Hold up. I'm going to I'm gonna Google it. Oh, I got it right. Yeah, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yes. Oh, nice. You'll meet tons and tons of people who are sort of in that place that you're talking about. We're just like, I, like, I'm so good at this. In fact, I have tons of students who are like that. 
where where they're like like oh man in a, in two months I've got like I this is the best I'm ever going to be at mixing I've done it and I'm always just yeah. like oh oh how little you know oh <laughs> check back <with> me, <laughs> check back with me in five months and we'll talk again and that's not to discourage anybody from from uh, mixing or trying new things mm-hmm. or anything like that it's just really good to have a handle on the fact that almost anything you do is more wildly complex than you think it is. The more you do it, the more you'll become aware of that complexity. That's when your confidence is going to drop. But then at a certain point, you're going to like learn so much, have so much experience that you're going to pop up on the other side because you, you will have like internalized all of the complexity and you're just like, oh, it's simple again. Y- you got to wade deep into the river of complexity so that you can wade out to the other side. That's so true, especially if you're learning, well, anything, you know, mixing or an instrument or... Imposter syndrome is something that you definitely want to manage, of course, but, but I think it's a little healthy, a little healthy. Because really what that means, if we go back to this Dunning-Kruger effect, it's like, oh, you're past that initial peak. You got down into the, you know, into this sort of um, trough where like you've learned enough to know how much you don't know. And what that means is like there's nowhere to go but up. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions now. Are you ready? Yes, go for it. These are very, very serious questions. Mono or stereo? Mono at the beginning, stereo at the end. Jack or mini Jack? Jack. Do you have this word? No, do I don't this? actually know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> In the UK, yeah. we call this a jack. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. a mini and jack then? And then this. Oh, got it. We, yeah, we call that a quarter inch and an eighth inch. I'm going to go eighth inch mini jack just because okay. I'm a I'm a producer. So I got to plug my headphones in. Pan left or right? Pan right because I have a little bit of uh, loss in hearing in my left ear. Squirrel or whale? Oh, that's hard. Yes. Yes. The correct answer. (laughs) I have the attitude of a squirrel. (laughs) Oh, fuck. This is going to sound so braggy. I have the attitude of a squirrel, but the wisdom of a whale. Ooh. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to go squirrel. I'm probably going to go squirrel. What is your track of the week? So I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to shout out another podcast just for a moment. It's on a podcast. Okay. We love podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go look up the the Billy Corgan interview. It's absolutely fascinating. The host literally says, this is the best interview I've ever done. In that interview is like, oh, like this song and this song and this song were like all about me trying to figure out like, do I want to see tomorrow or do I not? You know? Yeah. Um, And so his turning point where he decided like, oh, I want to do this. I want to see tomorrow. I can't like I can't do I can't do this. Uh, and he wrote the song today, which, to be fair, in my opinion, not the best pumpkin song. Uh, but the story, again, is amazing mm. because the song today is like it's super happy. And like it, I think the line is literally today is the greatest day that has ever happened or something like that. Okay. Um, and it's crazy to think about like, oh, the guy while he was writing this was like trying to decide whether or not he wanted to kill himself, you know. And that song was him deciding, like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to, I want to keep wow. doing this. I want to keep living, you know? Yeah. So cool. 
go go check out that interview. It's such a good interview. I actually haven't heard that song before. I bet that's super moving. I'm going to check that out. So it's called... It's just called Today. Then go listen to Cherub Rock in 1979. <laughs> mm, mm. Those are both such mm-hmm. good Smashing Pumpkins tracks. Ugh. What is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? Can I give you the best lesson I've learned this year? specifically yeah yeah your biggest strengths are almost always your biggest weaknesses i personally am a huge detail person it's part of the reason i am as good at what i do as i am um because like the the tiny details matter to me so artists Mm. can come to me with like these big grandiose two thousand feet looking down things and i can be like great let's talk about guitar tone let's talk about what rhythm does this piano line need to be and stuff like that. On the flip side, um, it also means I'm a, just such a perfectionist because yeah. every single detail matters. And so sometimes it takes me a, such a long time to do anything because it's got to be perfect. And I think when you learn, when you learn that, like your biggest strengths are almost always your biggest weaknesses just in the wrong context you can start to find ways to uh, what I like to say, automate, delegate, or eliminate situations where you have to use that weakness. You can yeah. give that responsibility to somebody else. Like I sometimes when I'm mixing, um, I will mix ninety five percent of the track, and then I'll get uh, a uh, someone else who I know who's an amazing mixer to come in and do the last five percent. Because like I know I'll sit here for three days doing the You'll last. Never 5%. finish it. I'll never finish it, <laughs> but I'll kill it with the the first ninety five percent. And it's stuff like that. Being able to find like, what am I at? Like, what am I uniquely? Si- <laughs> there it is again. What am I uniquely situated to to do that's going to bring value to people? Mm. And then in what ways is that going to kick me in the ass? And how can I avoid that thing kicking me in the ass while still using it? to create amazing value. If I think about that for myself, I I instantly think that um, because I'm self-taught in guitar and singing. You're self-taught in guitar? Yeah. Dang. Honestly, like, but but by ear. So thanks. (laughs) But a lot of it's by ear. So like there are a lot of songs. I would say like at least 50% of the songs that I've written, I, I couldn't tell you what the chords are in the mm. name of the chord that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And this is something that like, as much as I would like to learn music theory, there are so many other things that take up my time that I really enjoy doing. So I've never got around mm-hmm. to it. And I think, oh, it's a weakness that I don't, I, I can't like someone tell me to play some kind of weird inversion of a chord. And I would be like, what? I, don't, I, I wouldn't know where to start. And yet, if I figure mm. things out by myself, I can write a great song. I'm using maybe voicings that would be different to if I knew exactly what that I you was doing. Never and, known. Mm-hmm. Right. It, so it's yeah, actually, I, I completely get what you're saying. Guitar is my main instrument. Um, yeah. I did get taught guitar, uh, but my teacher also didn't know music theory, and he was vehement about not ever learning it for him. I, I know music theory myself. I decided to go in that route. But he was like, there's so many mysteries to music that make writing music 
satisfying to me because I get to discover them every time. And if I knew music theory, it's like understanding the rules of the universe. And that's I just, ca- that's there's kind no of more how mystery I feel to about it. it. That's your greatest strength because you get to look at music in a way that no one else can because you don't know the structure. Get someone else in the room who does know the structure and they can make up for that weakness. Anytime you're like, I don't understand why this isn't working. They can be like, oh, it's because you did this inversion over this thing and this melody is clashing. Boom. Fix it. It's like that's two strengths. That's stacking two strengths together. And like you'll only get good results from that. Thanks so much for being a guest on today's episode. For real, this has actually been really amazing. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.